I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Stockholm and Bratislava. My name is Henrik. Uh, and I'm David and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. Yeah, so we both returned to Stockholm and Bratislava pretty recently. I was in Hanoi for one week. I got home yesterday. And you, David, you were in Perugia in Italy. Yes, I was surrounded for five days with like a bunch of journalists from around the world, not only Europe, actually. Uh, there were lots of folks from like US, Canada, um, also some Asian journalists uh, from Africa. Imagine wow. that. Um, so it was pretty diverse. Yeah, sounds intriguing. And of course, you met a bunch of uh, our friends uh, in the Digital Journalism Rocks community. Yes, actually, there was a meetup um, on Friday uh, organized by Lina team. Um, uh, it was supposed to be a meeting of the Digital Journalism Rocks uh, community and friends. Uh, so I like uh, on uh, she, she said we should bring some friends, of course, because we don't go alone uh, on a conference like this. So everyone brought some friends. There was like a bunch of people there. I haven't had actually a chance to talk to everyone. I figured it would be best to talk to a few people more than to talk to a lot of people few a few for, for just 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 a little. So that's why I just talked to like three or four people there. Uh, which which is a shame definitely but but it was like interesting to uh, meet up with people from the community in like uh, a real life and talk about like anything because hmm. you know you're just standing there in front of them and um, uh, actually people from Google News Lab came there um, people from uh, European uh, Journalism Center came there so um, Yes, uh, we, we, we felt like rock stars, actually. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And before we dive deeper into this topic, we should probably say that this is going to be a quite special episode because it's the, this is the very first episode of the Check Your Facts podcast um, that doesn't have a guest, a specific guest. It's only going to be you and me, David. How does that yes. feel? <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to say, like, in, in, in the, it's a good thing, you know, <laughs> noted that. Uh, I just wanted to say to listeners, so if you are, like, bored with us and you are turning in only for guests, it's okay to skip this episode. We, we, want, <laughs> want, we won't mind. Yeah, um, but you probably <laughs> shouldn't because it's going to be a very interesting uh, episode because... Um, I think we will start with you, David, telling us all about this conference in Perugia, because I couldn't be there, obviously, because I was in Hanoi, Vietnam. So if, we just, if you could just start, start off with telling everybody what, what kind of conference this is. It's, it's uh, obviously a conference for journalists, right? Yes, you got the right. Um, actually, don't know about you, how how about you, but uh, this has been, I think, 
uh, the the 11th edition of the conference. Mm-hmm. So the conference is called uh, International Journalism Festival. Uh, it's uh, uh, held in Perugia in Italy. It's a small small town um, north of um, Rome and um, I would say south east from Florence mm. or definitely south from Florence. And um, as, as, as they write on their website, uh, they say they are the biggest annual media event in Europe. Uh, with with uh, hundreds, almost 300 uh, sessions and uh, almost 600 speakers in a five-day program. And uh, so it's really big. It's like really, really, really big. I don't know if you've been to a conference that took uh, like five days. Have you? No, no. no um, especially not a journalism conference for five days. So... Uh, when did you when did you leave Bratislava for Italy? So we left on Wednesday, but the conference already started on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But based on the program, I somehow figured Wednesdays and um, Sundays are more for like Italian uh, journalists because they've uh, they they featured mainly. Um, uh, Italian uh, journalists or talks or presentation in Italian so so the program is divided into like international and Italian so if you speak Italian it would be it would be like you you would have a much better maybe experience than I had because some talks are only in uh, Italian and um, what uh, so we came Wednesday night and left uh, Sunday early morning Mm. so we had like three full days so thursday friday saturday which they say are the like the main days of the event so like friday and saturday night are like the biggest parties in the city like everyone goes out Mm. drinks and like has fun and like people talk to each other yeah Um, about friday because a bit later in this episode we are of course going to discuss the terrorist attack in Stockholm which took place on Friday so I was just wondering did the terrorist attack did it have an impact on the discussions uh, during the conference or among uh, among journalists attending the conference Actually, uh, as as, uh, as as you might know, uh, we all journalists have the smartphones, um, the the push notifications uh, from the mo- on the mobile apps of like news organizations of BBC, CNN, turned on. So like, we all got the push notification. Something happened in Sweden. Uh, actually, I talked about it a little bit. I don't think it had a big impact on the conference. Uh, at least not. Um, uh, at the talks, I was present there, um, but I sure, uh, but, but I'm sure they talked about like more. But it wasn't like uh, now the conference will spin into this direction. Mm. So, so the direction was more like uh, like it was about three, I would say like three main things. It was like about Facebook, like uh, and and the Google and these platforms. Uh, it was one 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 topic. People were like. It was a recurring topic, so people were getting back to it and uh, dissecting this from different angles. Um, the second was fake news. 
Hmm. So, like, what to do on fake news? Um, uh, and there was uh, an initiative that line, launched um, a fake news um, guide, uh, like field guide. Uh, they, are, they call themselves Public Data Lab. Uh, we will include the, the link, so they will. Uh, this field guide will come uh, uh, in like three different parts. The first part is already available, um, and they are working on part two and part three. So you can like download it uh, in a PDF. They really worked a lot on this. It's like it has a um, it, loads of like research, uh, how tos, and like guides uh, what to do, how to spot fake news. Um, and and the and the third was about at least what I was interested in, like um, how to how to engage with with your public. Uh, the, the third topic that I somehow like I, I managed to piece together these three like main topics at least like for me. I'm I'm sure if there was someone else, they would tell you they had like they they they've seen like three uh, other different like uh, different uh, topics. Uh, than I did. So yeah. It's 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 a, it's a huge it's it's a huge uh, conference. So uh, you, you cannot be everywhere. And there was like seven sessions per hour, like almost Ooh. every day. Wow. So so it's, it's huge. It's, it's definitely huge. So what what was the most interesting topic in your opinion? Ah, uh, uh, to be to be honest, uh, the fake news uh, topic is like still still very important but i feel we are like uh, running in a bit of circles but this was quite refreshing at least the talks i, I was uh, at but yeah. still if you get something like too much uh, doesn't matter if it's like really intriguing it's just too much so it was yeah. too much for me it's actually a bit, a the, the overwhelming yes? like a bit overwhelming with all the talks of fake news you know i can feel the same way even you know when i get a newsletter from neiman lab and the top uh the top article heading the uh, i mean the top article in the newsletter is about fake news again for the 100th time it's like even i think oh my god can't we just i mean <laughs> Can't we just move on with our lives? So, sort of, if you know what I mean. Yes, I mean, but but on the other hand, I'm I'm sure you also realize oh, this this is something not everyone has like a clear opinion about, or people still do not know how to like quickly spot fake news or how to like fight against fake mm. news. Um, so the talks were definitely interesting, um, but uh, as I said, like. Too much <laughs> overwhelming yeah. at times um so so the topic which i was like really intrigued by and uh, visited a bunch of talks was the audience engagement like how to build audiences how different like organizations media are approaching their 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 audience how they are engaging and and there were some like great takeaways from these uh these talks um i'll i'll, I'll definitely write a blog like uh, best of perugia mm -hmm. uh, about this uh, there were like uh, some great uh, case studies how uh, recently they announced the Pulitzer prizes so uh, david um, farentold uh, from of, of the washington post who won mm -hmm. 
because of the Trump investigations. So he was uh, actually they, they mentioned a lot uh, his approach. I don't know. Do, do you know about him? Do you know of him? Like, uh, well, how how did he do his reporting? Yeah, I didn't know beforehand that much, but of course, after he won the Pulitzer Prize, I, you know, I read a few articles about him and about his work. Yeah, it was actually he he, he had the talk uh, yesterday at the museum in Washington uh, and Washington DC. Um, I, I, it, they were live streaming it, and I watched it. Mm, I'm sure they they'll have other recording. Uh, we might include it uh, in the description of the podcast. Anyway, um, he said he didn't think he was doing something like revolutionary, but uh, because it was like. If you think about it, what he did, he he was he was being like 150 percent transparent, and he was uh, like um, reporting not only what he was doing but also what he found out before he published anything. So his his Twitter uh, was uh, kind of a journalist's diary. He said uh, this was important for him to for the public to see and keep up uh, with what he is doing and how he is getting to the conclusions and by doing this he uh, he he managed to build uh, an audience that uh, that helped him with the reporting and he said without this he wouldn't uh, been able to uncover the 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 things he uncovered uh, of uh, president trump um so th- this was and they were coming back to this like how to engage uh, with the audience uh, in the talks like uh, for uh, do, do you know this um, initiative they are called harken yeah i think so okay so yeah, so they were there. They were um, they they st- were talking about their emotional. Uh, uh, so you know how we have like CMS, mm-hmm. like uh, how how do you translate? Yeah, uh, what's was the full word? Content management system. Okay, so content management system, and they uh, imagined an emotional management system. I guess. It's, oh, like an so EMS. E- e- EMS, yes, definitely EMS. Yeah. Um, and they said the, for them, it's important uh, to uh, like approach the audience before you do something. So you talk to them. What's so you have a topic in mind? You engage the audience, talk to them. Like uh, uh, what, what is really interesting for them? Because like most of the times you think something is in, important to you but uh, the on the other hand your audience does not always feel like that and maybe they have an, another bunch of questions which you do not always answer to them uh, in, in your reporting or in your journalism and they always said like there it's it's a there was a good 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 line like it's a two-way street hmm. like two-way two-way communication so this was this was really interesting yeah sounds extremely interesting absolutely and also you know about the fake news topics um i think that that one of the difficult things about fake news is like we you know we have two kinds of fake news oh i mean of course we have lots of different kinds of fake news but one of of the fake news which come immediately comes to mind 
whenever fake news is being mentioned is of course the propaganda or even um, fake news being produced primarily to uh, get clicks and to make money like uh, these sort of fake news factories around the world just producing content which is supposed to gain traction and get shared on social media platforms and just just swoop in the page views. But there are also these sort of fake news um, which is more about spreading rumors or um, presenting alternative facts or I've even heard the term relative facts which is like you have the alternative facts and you have the relative facts and I think this particular segment of fake news is what is most difficult for for us journalists I mean uh, serious serious journalists they actually came to this topic and they said like um, it's it's very hard to f- uh, fight against what you just um, mentioned the f- the fake news factories because they do not play <laughs> by any rules yeah and it's hard to compete with someone who plays uh who has to play by rules for people to to gain the for the audience to gain the trust and actually there was a lot of talk about facebook and google and their role in all of this uh it was funny because facebook and google were sponsoring the the conference uh they also had a lot of stuff there uh I think Facebook uh, had like 30 employees there. I actually, man, uh, you could come, uh, you could uh, schedule a talk with uh, with a Facebook employee, and it was kind of like a help desk. So if you wanted something sorted out, you could like ask them anything. Um, they were pretty straightforward, like um, they, they they were helpful actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but there was like many people uh, managed to like um, speak out against them during uh, like different talks so you could feel this tension there is between like news journalism and these platforms uh but uh i i heard some some rumors that if it wasn't for facebook and google the conference would maybe not be this year uh because Mm -hmm. they were financing it so 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 there you there there you have it (laughs) yeah and i mean kind of contradiction yeah and the thing i mean about these fake news factories and the spreading of rumors and everything i mean of course it affects um the serious news outlets as well because i mean our currency is our trustworthiness so while these fake news factories are working by their own rules i mean they're making their own rules uh, uh, we we always have to strive for trustworthiness so whenever we are inaccurate even though it's a mistake um it affects it, it has a much larger impact on us 
and uh, it actually this particular topic is actually um being uh, being discussed in sweden and the swedish media organizations have been scrutinized after the terrorist attack on friday so this is actually a good gateway to to, to the next topic um, yeah and uh, please just like describe us what happened like like really shortly like uh the uh, the uh, how the attack happened uh, like what actually happened when mm. and then how the media covered it and where was the problem what yeah. happened there so at approximately i think it was 2 2 30 p.m approximately on friday uh um this truck was hijacked it had already been hijacked and the terrorist he he just rammed a large a mall in in stockholm city um and he he just hit a lot of people on his way to ramming this uh, this mall so four people are confirmed dead and there are still a few a few people on, uh, on in the hospital uh, being treated with very serious wounds and the thing is that when this happened it was quite chaotic because of course it was kind of immediately uh, obvious to anyone that that it was some sort of attack because this truck started driving in a very irregular way and and i mean with the intention of running people down of killing them intentionally so it was uh pretty quickly um everybody figured out that okay we are under attack and uh, it took about 20 minutes for the swedish swats to arrive uh to the site the crash site and you know the ambulance and every and everything but oh. of course of course um there were people i mean there were police officers who were already patrolling the area who got there um but it took some time to mobilize the entire um force of of police officers and swats and and all of uh, different kind of uh of officers and ambulance and everything but the thing is that i mean we had no idea what kind of attack it was i mean was it a a, a lone crazy man who had just hijacked a truck and and, and done this by himself or was it was it a coordinated attack like the terrorist attacks in paris and nice and also the terrorist attack in norway in oslo uh, personally i think that we f- we forget to talk about anders bering breivik uh, when talking about the terrorist attack in stockholm yes. um, but we didn't know at that time i mean Personally, I was in Hanoi, so I just got a text message from my wife where she said, I am okay. And I texted her back like, what do you mean you're okay? Has something happened? And that's when I got the first push notification in my uh, mobile 
uh, saying that there had been this kind of attack uh, in uh, Stockholm city. Well, it's pretty late, right? Uh, well, I think it. I don't know if it if it uh, took like ten or fifteen minutes before people figured out what had happened. I mean, it, it was quite chaotic, um, and uh, there were, of course, it was hard to to get a, f- a full vision of what had happened. I mean, a f- the full picture of what had happened, and because uh very early on people started speculating is this a coordinated attack is this just the first in a series of attacks so um there were rumors very early of shootings in different locations throughout stockholm at first it there were rumors about shootings very close to the the attack site i mean where where this guy rammed the mall and the police officers actually informed the people uh the people who who were there uh, near the mall that you have to clear the area there are shootings uh in stockholm city and of course a lot of news organizations reported uh these events that the police were investigating shootings and there were especially one place it's called Friedhemsplan it's basically um, I would say that that it's uh, a 10 minute ride on the subway from Stockholm City to Friedhemsplan where there were rumors of shootings as well and there were uh, there were a few media outlets who reported and sent out push notifications about police investigating alleged shootings at Friedensplan. And people were, of course, extremely scared. And it was, I mean, it was total chaos. Um, and uh, these, these kind of re- re- reportings... Um, were reported by media outlets throughout the day more or less and it wasn't until a few hours later that the authorities said that no there have been no shootings we have no proof of shootings people have reported shootings but it might just be that people are very scared and one um one theory was that people, uh, I mean, they noticed police officers with guns, which is quite, uh, it isn't very um, common in Sweden to spot police officers with, uh, I mean, with weapons, with with uh, guns and, and stuff, you know, running around in the city. Um, so the theory was that people noticed police officers uh, with their guns in hands and were like assuming that there were shootings. And uh, okay, so the, the media reported something that was based on rumors, then the yeah. police cl- cl- clarified. 
and how about the media the the big outlets the 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 ones who are supposed to be trustworthy uh, did they apologize did they uh, yeah. say okay so of course the media outlets who reported of these alleged shootings as soon as the authorities clarified that there had been no uh, shootings the media outlets clarified their reportings and it all i mean it happened continuously it happened in, in real time but uh, in the aftermath of the terrorist attack on friday the media outlets have been heavily criticized for these reportings um, a lot of of and not just i mean regular people but also other journalists and uh, uh, journalism experts have criticized the Swedish media outlets uh, for these reportings and the basic idea is that the media outlets shouldn't have reported uh, the alleged shootings that instead they should have waited for the authorities to clarify whether or not there were shootings and this is kind of i mean this is a very difficult topic because i mean lots of media outlets they they got uh they got this information from police officers so it's like to me it's like if we can't trust the police i mean if i'm a journalist and a police officer tells me yeah uh there are shootings at these uh locations or if a police officer tells me yeah we are investigating alleged shootings at these locations shouldn't you report that i mean it's yes well (laughs) (laughs) i mean the I guess that also because the Swedish media outlets, we, I mean, Swedish journalists, we don't really have the experience uh, because uh, terrorist attacks aren't very common in Sweden. We had one seven years ago uh, in 2010, uh, where were, there was this suicide bomber, Taimur Abdul Wahab Al Abdali, who killed himself he accidentally detonated his suicide bomb on an empty street so he was the only person who who got i mean i mean he got himself killed but no one was injured and this was during christmas so lot of lots of people were in stockholm city uh buying shopping christmas gifts so his intention was to detonate the bomb uh, in the exact same mall, actually, uh, that the terrorist rammed on Friday with a truck. So his intention was to detonate the bomb inside the mall, killing hundreds of people. But he failed. So that was, of course, a shock in Sweden when that happened. And then fast forward seven years, and here we are with our second terrorist attack uh, in, I mean, the last decades. So the Swedish journalist wasn't really prepared for this kind of, of uh, event, so to speak. Uh, so 
it's very difficult. It's a very difficult discussion as well because, I mean, I have no idea how I personally would have, uh, how I would have reacted and acted as a journalist. I mean, as I said, if a police officer tells me, yeah, we're investigating alleged shootings, shouldn't we report that? I mean, what if there actually were, were shootings at these locations and we hadn't reported that? I mean, that could have been that could have been devastating. I mean, if there were shootings and people didn't know and people got there and got killed because they had no idea that there were shootings there. So that's the thing that makes it difficult because I mean it's one thing if just a few people I mean ordinary people calls journalists and say hey there are shootings here then we should of course be very careful with what to do with that information because it could be just rumors but if we get the same information from police officer officers from Swedish authorities yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to have an opinion, but I think, I think uh, during this very chaotic, uh, these very chaotic hours, um, what I'm trying to say is I think that the Swedish media outlets did very well. Of course, there are things that should be discussed. Of course, there are things that should be investigated afterwards did we do this right um were we as accurate as we could be should we have done something differently of course we should have those discussions but those discussions should should be for the future i mean how could we learn from this mm, not really the way it has been in sweden right now is that as I said, lots of media outlets have been heavily criticized. Um, yeah. Mm, it's it's really... So I, I was keeping quiet because it was intriguing. Um, I imagined you, you had... A, perhaps you still have a lot of like discussions about how to uh, engage and approach uh, situations like these in the future. Yeah. Um, there are like in the newsrooms and like by the coffee like journalists talking and i think it's a good thing uh, you you're talking about this and how how would be the best situation to react yeah i mean <clears throat> you should have a few sources before you put out an information but what if the sources are like three different people do you count that as three independent sources or should you have like a, a state or like a institutional authority like police or the state or like someone else so it's all good questions and i don't have the the answers but um uh, yes i encourage you if uh, anyone who's listening uh, you have any opinion uh, of this let us know um, um you can uh, you can like write us or like uh, if if you are interested to come to the podcast and talk about this we are, we are definitely open to do this right yeah absolutely and we should initiate a discussion about this in the digital journalism rocks community as well and 
yeah perhaps we should uh, uh i'm thinking of even writing a, a blog post for the checker facts medium account um on this topic because it's very interesting to see uh, to hear other journalists opinions about how to act in these very 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 difficult circumstances yeah and definitely it's uh, it's another thing to do the thinking under pressure yeah. when there is something happening and now when we don't have any pressure the only pressure is uh that we have to go to lunch yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, which 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 is by the way a cue for us uh to to approach the final um like uh, goodbyes farewells to this <laughs> episode um uh anyway do you have any uh, questions or anything to add um no not at the moment i'm just i'm i'm curious to to know what you think of the reportings on this the swedish uh terrorist attack in stockholm on friday even even in uh, international media outlets i think it was covered pretty solidly like it was it was okay um um i know our media always like our news outlets also my newsroom always looks at the the international newsrooms and get the news from there so i don't think anyone was anyone was uh, going to dark blooded or dagens or all of these news websites you have but i think they were like getting the news from guardian new york times bbc yeah. uh and i guess those were going straight to the source to to your to our websites and uh, contacting your journalists um perhaps if we weren't away i would uh, i would reach out to you and like uh ask uh, for uh, like a contact or a source or a journalist and uh, i guess i would like give it to my colleagues who would then uh, interview someone uh on the field but um i'm i'm <clears throat> because i was in perugia i i cannot really talk about the the, the coverage of, of of this particular uh event or like yeah. what happened but perhaps there are some listeners to the podcast who are just eager to discuss this topic so yeah this is like an open invitation to any journalists out there eager to discuss yes yeah yes definitely yeah come uh, talk to us uh, we're actually happy to have <laughs> um uh, any anyone on the on the podcast who who's interested in, in any topic yeah. and uh, might i just say that like next year you have to come to perugia like yeah you, you have to it's it's a must i i, I talked to many people there and they all said like they have april like um beginning of april because it's mm -hmm. uh, always in the beginning of april and they have this like date or like the first two weeks they do not plan anything else they just wait for the conference to announce the dates oh uh for example and and you you'll you'll meet there like uh all these like journalism rock stars like jeff Jarvis, matthew ingram mm. um craig silverman of buzzfeed was there and all these people come there like annually like 
once they come there they they they, they say they see the conference is really really good uh, and uh, i wanted to end with the conference note because uh, i managed to to uh tr- talk to some people to some presenters from the conference who who said they would be happy to talk to us uh on the podcast about the things they talked uh at the conference so i'll i'll i'll, I'll not say their names yet mm-hmm. because we still need to confirm the dates yeah um but uh this will be interesting and this will be definitely coming in the uh, next few weeks. Nice. Very good. Nice cliffhanger. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, stay tuned. Um anyway, um go check out your our website which is which is check your facts facts.eu. So check your facts.eu and EU as in European Union. Still standing. And, uh, still standing up and running all, uh, even without Britain. <laughs> Great Britain <laughs> well actually Great Britain is still part of it <laughs> yeah for, um, for a while yeah go subscribe to our our newsletter um, uh, you find the subscri- uh, subscribe option on our website uh, you can follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram Anchor. Definitely on, uh, the anchor and definitely on SoundCloud where you can find this or, or iTunes. And uh, what did I forget? I think that's I think that's all. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's until, it for today. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Uh, oh, we did forget one thing. What? 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 The, what? the thing. The one thing that people sh- should never forget. Oh, like always. Thanks. Oh, always check your facts and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> okay. Okay. That went pretty well. Yeah, absolutely.